0: Footballers DFS podcast coming to you from DraftKings Studios with your hosts, Kyle Borgononi and Matthew Betts. Week 8. We're here. We're here, folks. Glad you're with us. It's the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Morganoni here with Matthew Betts. Betts, how you doing this week?
1: Ah, oh, could not be better, Kyle. Week 8 is here. This week, this season's flying by, honestly, is what it feels like, but I'm having a, a ton of fun on the show. I'm having a ton of fun writing up this stuff in the DFS Pass, and we were talking before we started recording. I feel really excited about this slate. I don't really know why, to be honest with you, but I feel really optimistic about how it's going to go, so that only means one thing, which means no money for bets this week.
0: You know, maybe it's your time just to kind of take a seat. You've had a good last couple of weeks. You had a good coupe, a cup of coffee, thanks to your wife, this past week. But yeah, it's a fun weekend, and we get to play DFS on Halloween. So I want to first start off, quick question, throwing you off here. One of your favorite Halloween costumes you ever had as a kid?
1: Ooh, I don't know if this counts because this was not when I was a kid. This was when I was in college. My best friend and I dressed up as Will Ferrell and John C. Riley from Step Brothers and took several photos. They're probably somewhere out there on the internet. Please don't find them, um, which were just awesome. So that was (laughs) my my best uh, outfits. But when I was a kid... I, I'm a huge Philly sports fan, as the listeners know, with the Eagles. But um, I loved hockey. I loved uh, Eric Lindros. If anyone out there is a hockey fan, so I was always dressing up as Flyers? a Flyers hockey player when I was a kid.
0: Eric Lindros, that dude was huge. You <laughs> he just was. like stuff your, you just like stuff yourself, and I mean, and just wore hockey gear.
1: I don't think I really fit the dimensions well. <laughs> I was like a string beam when I was like seven years old. But um, I think I had the jersey and a helmet and the whole nine.
0: Nice. No, I I think I was Ninja Turtles at one point for four years in a row. Um, My son wants to do Ninja Turtles. We did that as a family the year before. And this year he wants to do Avengers. So he's Black Panther. I have the long hair. And so I'm going to dress up as the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes with the metal arm and kind of scare. It's probably intimidating for my other child, but I'm a big fan of Halloween, like dressing up. Tomorrow I'm going to dress up as Keenan Allen. So we'll see how that goes with a bald cap uh, and the big beard. But uh, he's my boy on social media. I will definitely see if I can uh, get those out to you guys. We're going to be talking about Keenan Allen because once again, it's another DFS show. So we always talk about Keenan Allen because he's our boy, but glad you're with us. You can go on Apple podcasts, leave a review. It's always great to see those on Twitter. Betts is at the fantasy PT. I am at Kyle underscore Borg. And yeah, we're excited to spend another week with you guys detailing the slate for week eight. So let's talk about our cash game picks for this week. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. We're talking about those cash game picks and on a week where we have a giant slate, like back to that normal 12 games, we're actually kind of going to minimize things. Okay. Like I, I feel like at the quarterback position and even running back this week, I'm only going to give a couple of options because I think there are a couple of plays that are head and shoulders above the rest. So if you're listening in and you're like, okay, what are the cash game picks? You get to go from there and build your roster. We don't want every roster to look the same, but take what we're saying and then figure out how to assemble your lineup. Because every once in a while people are like, well, you told me to play Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup and I didn't have enough room in my lineup. It's like, well, yeah, you got to figure out who's a better play and how you manage your roster. So at quarterback, you and I have a very clear consensus of what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, I really just wanted to write up in the DFS pass one name in the quarterback section, but uh, management would not allow it. So for me, that one name, and this is who I'm playing in cash. I'm just going to tell everyone straight up. It's Josh Allen. He is the most expensive quarterback on the slate. He's 8.1K on DraftKings, but you really can't poke any holes in this spot for him. He's at home. They have a huge implied total. It's the highest of the week. Taking on the Dolphins, who they just made Matt Ryan look like he took eight years off of his career, looked elite last week. This Dolphin secondary is just getting shredded every week, despite the fact that they have two stud corners. I don't really know what's going on, but you know, you look at his his playmakers, his weapons that he has, how good he's been, the fact that he adds rushing to his you know production. He can find the end zone with his legs. There's just nothing negative to say about Josh Allen this week. So if you want safety, you can pay up for Josh Allen. That's what I'm doing. Um, he looks like a slam dunk this week at home.
0: We'll detail that game in a second to talk about what you do in tournaments with Josh Allen and how to get a little different, but. Yeah, far and away the best play on the slate. He should be 8,500 or more and only 8,100 on DraftKings. He's a smash. 8,800 on FanDuel. I'll be playing them over there as well. Uh, If you wanted to step down, Jalen Hurts, you can't argue with what he's done each week. I will say it does scare me. I know it scares you as an Eagles fan. Like He's mostly been trailing and getting garbage time points against the Lions. He might not be needed. And these offenses might be bad. So we'll detail that game. But uh, Jalen Hurts, if you want to drop down to $7,200 and save $900, I like that. And then I have to mention Matthew Stafford. Because he's probably the other player on this slate that I feel like is the safest other than Josh Allen. He obviously doesn't have the rushing upside. But at 7600 against the Texans, 30-point team implied total. There's just nothing you could say against Stafford that says he's not going to do it. He has the highest expected points added per pass attempt he's bulletproof and he's been bulletproof this whole season so uh those are the cash game quarterbacks do you have anyone else that you just want to throw out there or is that is that it
1: no for me i'm gonna keep the the player pool pretty small at quarterback this week i think there's a lot of ways you can go in tournaments a lot of really interesting names especially down in pricing this week which i wrote up in the, the dfs passing and we'll talk about in these game stacks but yeah for cash games i think it's those three names and you move on
0: all right so at running back this week we know that derrick henry the big dog 8.9 K on DraftKings. He's over 10 K He's 10.5 on FanDuel where I think it's a different conversation, but what is your stance? I've kind of waited. I have waited a couple of days to see how I would feel about the big dog. So where are you at and playing Derrick Henry this week?
1: Yeah, right now I love him in this spot and I do have him in my cash lineup. Anytime a running back is going to touch the ball 30 times, which is what he's doing this year, averaging 30 opportunities per game. It's unreal at his price. Like, he's just too cheap for what he's doing. He should be 10K on DraftKings if he's going to touch the ball 30 times. So right now, I think he's a a value. I'm probably going to play him in cash. He smashed against the Colts in week three. The only thing he didn't do was find the end zone, which typically has kind of been, I guess the only negative to say about Derrick Henry is when he's not finding the end zone. He's kind of having these like middling ADR performances and doesn't do anything for you. But he's been involved in the passing game. This is a great game environment that we're going to highlight in detail that has a nice total. It's in a dome. I love this spot. So I'm definitely going to be playing Derrick Henry in some fashion this week, whether it's in tournaments as more of a chalky piece or in cash games. I think right now, my lean is I'm just going to play him in cash and and figure it out from there.
0: I think that's the right call. The other expensive running backs this week, Alvin Kamara, 8.7, Austin Eckler at 7.9. So... I don't think they'll garner the same kind of roster percentage that Henry will. And so it's kind of asking yourself at this price, what do I need him to do? And in cash, you need at least 25 points. So ask yourself that question when you start putting together your roster, put together projections if you need to and say, if I'm playing Derrick Henry at this price, am I going to get 25 points? Or if I drop down to, let's say, Austin Eckler at 7.9 and I save a thousand, maybe the projection isn't as strong, but. Eckler has a high floor. So I like Eckler a lot this week as just like a safe play. But it's those 6k guys that you and I just can't stop talking about. So talk to me about those guys and which ones if you had to pick between them, who would you go with?
1: Yeah, Darrell Henderson is locked into my cash game lineup. No questions about it this week. I know he was chalk last week and it was an awesome matchup against the Lions and came out was a big disappointment. But I'm going back to the well here. I mean, Daryl Henderson is averaging almost 20 opportunities per game. It's one of the best offenses in football. They're favored by two touchdowns, so you're going to see him work in a positive game script. It's one game last week, right? Every every player has a down game, but you go back to running backs getting touches, and anytime a running back that's going to get 20 touches comes down in price, I'm going to lock him in my lineup for sure. So I love Daryl Henderson this week going up against the Texans.
0: He dropped $300 on FanDuel, so I just think on both sides, when you get that discount... And arguably, this is just as good as a matchup against the Texans. I love that. Joe Mixon is the other running back that I really like this week. He's in my cash lineup, six point nine on DK, and then on Fanduel, he's only seventy six hundred. Last week, those Jets gave up sixty combined fantasy points to three Patriots running backs. Uh, there is a little bit of worry because Samaje Perine's been getting the kind of work that like is annoying, but the Jets are allowing the highest rush rate inside the ten yard line. And they're allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So when you see that green 32nd next to his name, I think he's going to be a popular play. Um, He's a little bit more expensive than Henderson, so I get it. But I wouldn't be mad if you didn't play Henry and those are your two cash game running backs. I think they're totally fine. But give me a couple more names.
1: Yeah, also throw out Jonathan Taylor, 7.2K, taking on the Titans. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, very, very quietly since uh, week three, he's the RB2 in PPR leagues. Behind only Derrick Henry, yet we're getting a massive discount on the price relative to his role. And what's really been encouraging is these backups for Indy have just kind of been phased out of the offense. Like Marlon Mack comes in for three to five touches. Naheem Hines used to be annoying because he used to take all the passing down work. Now Jonathan Taylor is getting third down work and and passing volume. So he just looks awesome. He's another one of those running backs. Like These four guys, I think, are going to be most of like 85% of my exposure in, in DFS this week whether I mix the, you know, as a three running back building cash or looking for spots to put them in a game stack for tournaments. I mean, these four guys are just in such an awesome spot that uh, they're really intriguing. So I love Jonathan Taylor this week. Probably more of a tournament play, I would say, just because he's more expensive than Henderson and Mixon. But still, nothing negative to say about JT.
0: Let's talk about that game in a second when we kind of figure out, Okay, so what do you do with Henry and Taylor in the same game? And how do you navigate that? Two more names I'll throw out there. Uh, I almost wish James Robinson was on a different slate. Like his price at 6.6 is totally fine. His role is amazing. The matchup against the Seahawks is great. I just like Mixon and Henderson a little bit more, but I think you couldn't go wrong. If you got uh, James Robinson safe, you know, safe floor, great in cash. And then the guy that's popping, he's popping in the models is Elijah Mitchell 5.4 against the bears. His usage for a Kyle Shanahan running back is is wild. Like that's what I want to take notice right here. He's seen 63% of the snaps in his game played and nearly 16 rush attempts. Like that's usually not something we see, but he's getting the usage we want. The Bears stink and the 49ers are four point road favorites. So uh on DraftKings at 5.4, and then on FanDuel, he's an even better play at 5.8. I think if you wanted to drop down that far, save some cash. I like Elijah Mitchell. And then last time I need to say it, I said it on Tuesday, Alvin Kamara for some reason, is only 8.4 on FanDuel. Like he, they, He's priced way down. He's the RB4. He should be the RB2, unquestioned. So uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara, I, I love his role this week. I'm not scared about the Mark Ingram news at all. So go with Alvin Kamara, but let's go to wide receivers. And who do you like?
1: I'm not even sure really what to say at this point. I mean, Cooper Cup is just every week is literally breaking fantasy football so you don't need us to tell you he's awesome you don't need us to tell you the houston texans are terrible on defense if you want to pay up at wide receiver obviously he's the dude he's the, the wide receiver one especially on DraftKings at 9k it really becomes a decision point of how do you want to build your roster do you want to pay up for derrick henry or do you want to pay up for cooper cup and that's the decision it's not cooper cup against the wide receivers it's for me it's cooper cup against derrick henry but can't poke any holes in him he's just been awesome I'll also throw out a, a Cheaper guy that I really like that I feel like is kind of quietly having such good usage. It's T Higgins, 5.2 K taking on the Jets. He is just getting peppered with targets. And I know it's Jamar Chase stealing the show and he's just been incredible. But at the same time, if you're going to give T Higgins somewhere in the ballpark of 8 to 12 targets per week at 5.2 K against the Jets, sign me up all day. Uh,
0: With Cup, so going back to Cup, do you feel like you have to make that decision because you have Henderson in your lineup uh, but I know last week, didn't you have both I played in the cash
1: lineup? I played both, yeah. And in hindsight, I think in tournaments, that would probably be a mistake. In cash games, I think it's fine. In tournaments, I'm not sure if I would play them both together because what you're saying when you play Henderson and not Cup is that the touchdowns go on the ground, they go through Henderson, and it caps Cup's ceiling. And then vice versa, if Cooper Cup smashes with Matthew Stafford in a stack then presumably it's because Daryl Henderson wasn't also scoring touchdowns. So I think my preferred approach here is going to be playing just one of them in tournament lineups. I think in cash games, it's probably fine because their implied total is huge. It's the Texans, and there's plenty to go around, especially for how good this offense has been.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with the team that's carrying that big of a team implied total. So it just matters on your roster construction. And we'll talk about whether Cup is somebody like, I have to play in tournaments this week. I'm just so scared because I've been on the side of like, there there's going to be regression here and I've been wrong for like four weeks straight on Cooper cup. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. All right. I'll give you some wide receivers kind of in that five and six K range. You know, the names, all right. Keenan Allen, 6.5. Chris Godwin with Antonio Brown out is going to be another great play at 6.4. Uh, Pity city. Michael, Michael Pittman is only 5.3. Tennessee is allowing the highest wide receiver target share in the league. These are the same guys. Why is that? Is that either a problem with us? Is that a problem with the pricing? Or do people just need to go back three or four weeks and just listen to those episodes?
1: <laughs> just just go back, listen to the same breakdown. <laughs> it's just the same names every week. Yeah, it, no, really, it's because these guys, they're showing up again for us because of the fact that they're getting a ton of volume, but they haven't produced at the level that we would expect them to. And In DFS, you want to go back to the well. You don't want to chase the box score. You want to chase targets, volume, those kind of things. And Chris Godwin and Keenan Allen are just going to see a ton of it. And then, yeah, Michael Pittman, I'm so confused by this price tag. I know Tennessee shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but before that, they were one of the worst defenses in football. So I'm going to chalk that up as a one-game sample. I love Michael Pittman this week, and we just talked about Jonathan Taylor. So very intrigued uh, by the Colts this week.
0: I'll throw out one more name, and then you can give me your barf name. Uh, Brandon Cooks, 5.7. He's only 6K on FanDuel. I've been calling him Mr. Cranky Pants the last couple of days because of how he's felt about Mark Ingram leaving town. What are your thoughts on him? Because I get it. They're not in a good spot. They have a terrible implied total. But the Rams defense is allowing the second most plays per game and the seventh highest pass rate. So you got to assume that Cooks is going to see seven plus targets and they're going to be chasing. So any interest in cash? It's so
1: tricky to click the button on brandon cooks especially with him publicly voicing his displeasure with what the team is doing where i think he wants out of houston i mean how could you not and you know the only thing working for him really is his target share and this fact this is one of like 18 revenge games that brandon cooks has in his career he's played for like every team it feels like but we got a revenge game against the rams but at the same time dude like Davis Mills, you could just see like an absolute horrific performance if he is the starting quarterback. Now, as of this recording, we don't know if Tyrod Taylor is back. If he is back, I think Brandon Cooks is probably viable in cash. Tyrod Taylor was awesome to start the year. He's much co- more competent quarterback than Davis Mills. So if it's Tyrod Taylor, I think he's a decent play in cash. I'm still not super excited about it. I think I would, I would lean Michael Pittman and T. Higgins in that similar price range if you're going to make me pick one of the 5K wide receivers.
0: No, that's that's probably the way I'll go. I just think his name his name jumps out, especially on Fanduel, uh, with that price. All right, who's the punt play for you this week? And are you vomiting as you're saying this on the mic? I'm so embarrassed to even say this. <laughs> like Jamal Agnew is three point seven k,
1: and you might who? not even know who, who that is. Jamal Agnew is a wide receiver for Urban Myers, Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars. Before the last two weeks, he was basically a kick returner and a punt returner. But our boy, Urban Meyer, is coming out talking about how good this guy's route running looks, how talented he is, how he needs to get in the football. Meanwhile, he is, LaVisca Chenault boy. is just waving, like, hey, dude, can I get the ball at any point this season? So I don't understand. I don't agree with the decision making, but Jamal Agnew is seeing volume. He's got 14 targets over the last two weeks. And for a guy that's 3.7K against the Seahawks, like, if he's going to get, you know, four for 40 in a cash game that's probably going to be fine so i understand that it's not a sexy play i'm not excited about it by any means and i don't even know if i'm going to go there but if you want to pay up for derrick henry and josh allen and cooper cup like you have to save money somewhere in your lineup and jamal agnew could be the guy but i am terrified to even say that right
0: now (laughs) Oh man! can i throw out someone even cheaper just Uh, like wildly cheaper yeah go go for it mac Hollins. Oh, your boy, gosh. former Eagle great is three K. All right. This is a Dolphins wide receiver. If they are chasing Devonta Parker is out. I would rather go that route because there's somebody else in the Jaguars. We're about to talk about in a second, but Jamal Agnew, I, listen, I'm not going to argue against anyone's pump play. All right. Like if you, if you two X, you're totally fine. I mean, you played Adam. If Humphrey's. you do something, Adam, <laughs> I know. And he didn't two X. and you so, that week, Jamal you? Agnew. Yes, of course I did. Obviously. Come on. And it was not because of him. So 3.7, you can't really argue with anybody that cheap. If it allows you to pay up somewhere else, uh, i hate it, but I won't be doing it. But I'm happy for you, and I hope he doesn't too. I do don't I don't.
1: Th- I don't even know if I can actually play him. Like Sunday morning, I'm sitting there at 12 o'clock. I'm actually going to click the button on Jamal freaking Agnew. <laughs> I, might, I might have to, man. No,
0: Jamal Agnew would not click the button on him. He is an awesome punt returner. I will give him that, and that translates over uh, in certain parts of like, prospect profile kind of stuff. But anyway, um, the reason why I don't even want to think about him is because the postman, Dan Arnold, who you called out on Tuesday. And then two days later I go, dude, Dan Arnold's actually a pretty good play at 2.8 K is the pump play of the week for us. And that's who I have in my cash game lineup right now. So uh got to tip my cap to you. Don't want two Jaguars, but I think he's the best pump play But I also like Dallas Goddard. I think he's way, way underpriced on a slate that doesn't have a lot of great tight end options. At 4.7, he saw a ridiculous amount of snaps last week, 94%, ran a ton of routes. I like Dallas Goddard if you want to go up a little bit further.
1: I don't mind that call. I think for me, if I'm going up to 4.7, the other name that I'll throw out just to kind of discuss what we would do with this guy is Mike Kosicki. He's just been so awesome. I think he would be out of consideration for me especially in cash, if Devontae Parker is back. If Devontae Parker is out, certainly you could use him uh, this week. He's just been so awesome with his role. He's one of, what, like three or four tight ends in the league that are actually getting downfield targets. That's what you want for a guy in that price range. So he's fine. We'll talk about him here in a minute when we preview the Buffalo Miami game.
0: All right. so at DST, we mentioned the football team on Tuesday is only 2.1. They are silly, silly cheap if you want to punt, and we usually subscribe to doing that i'll also mention the seahawks at 2.8 they're at home against trevor lawrence and the fighting urban myers so those are our two cash game options there's not really anywhere else i really want to go do you have any other teams
1: no in tournaments i think there's a couple of teams that are interesting i mean the browns are always in play they're 3k Uh, i'll always like to bet against like pure pocket passers that are on the back nine of their career as Big Ben is. So they're in play for sure. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go down, I think, to the Washington football team in cash this week. Just eat the chalk. They're too cheap in cash games. I'm not playing them in tournaments because they're going to be very, very popular. But in cash, they're totally fine to get you, you know, five, six points and move on.
0: All right, let's talk about the stacks we like this week. Stack attack. So in the DFS pass, we give our overview picks for GPP. DraftKings and FanDuel. Those are those came out on Thursday, so you can check those out on the site. And we get to preview a couple of games. We're only going to give four today that we think you can stack these games. And if you stack them the right way, we think in a tournament they can do really, really well. This game has suddenly climbed to being the highest total on the slate. All right. And it's gone back and forth. It is the Tennessee Titans five and two at the Indianapolis Colts, who are three and four. This game has a 50 and point total. It started at 47 and and it's gone back and forth. It started with Indy up by a point and a half now. or Then it was Tennessee uh, with one point favorite, and now it's back to Indianapolis. So there's a lot of action on this game. Why do you think people are so excited about it?
1: I mean, dude, we got a rematch here from week three. Tennessee won 25 to 16, but this is one that I think is climbing in terms of the over because... Both of these teams, the over is hit in three of the last four games. So I'm excited about this one it's being played in a dome at Indy. So, yeah, I think the over is a really solid play here. And I think as a result, we definitely want to follow where the big money is going uh, in terms of moving that total up. So this is a, a great game environment for GPPs.
0: So the two most popular plays are going to be Derrick Henry and probably Michael Pittman. So I think that's going to be the normal kind of construction. If you're not stacking this game, I think you could still see Derrick Henry and Pittman in a lot of lineups. But if you were going to go a certain direction, which of the quarterbacks, which are pretty volatile, a little scary, but we're playing them in GPP, so they don't really care. So between Ryan Tannehill, who's 6.6, and Carson Wentz, who's only 5.7, which way would you lean and how would you stack this game?
1: Oh, this is tough. I think if they're at the same price, it'd be a no-doubt question. Like, don't even ask a question about it. It's, it's Ryan Tannehill. But Carson Wentz has been awesome recently, which is kind of crazy to even say out loud. Um, he's been really solid. But I think my answer would still be Ryan Tannehill here. 6.6K, he's in a price range where I don't think a lot of people are going to click the button on him. He's a little too pricey, in my opinion. But in GPPs, you know, that'll keep his roster percentage down. And I think he's the best way to create leverage on Derrick Henry. If the touchdowns go through Ryan Tannehill, as they did in week three when he threw for three touchdowns and and Derrick Henry did not score, uh, we saw Ryan Tannehill have a really nice week. And this Indy defense, dude, dead last and pass success rate allowed. Almost 90% of the touchdowns being scored on Indianapolis are coming through the air. That's dead last in football. So there are past Ryan Tannehill having a ceiling game. And I feel like we haven't really seen that from him this year, even though over the past couple of seasons, we've seen him have these, you know, 30 DraftKings points performances. So I'm really interested and Ryan Tannehill, and I'm definitely interested in stacking him with A.J. Brown this week.
0: Yes, I agree. I think I want to pick Tannehill and then pick one pass catcher because you're hoping Tannehill is somebody that actually gets to run the ball in, get that kind of three touchdown upside. So if you like A.J., Chipotle, flush it down Brown, I think that's (laughs) totally fine. Um, That was awesome. (laughs) Went off this past week. I know. Uh, Julio Jones is one of the sneakier GPP plays. I feel like he's been written off. But he actually leads his team in yards per route run. I like Julio a lot in that spot. On Fanduel, he's only 6.5, so you get a pretty big discount. I think that's a, a good way to look at this game. But let's say you did go Tannehill and one of the receivers. Would you just run it back with Jonathan Taylor on the other side?
1: Yeah, I think I would. I'm really excited about Jonathan Taylor this week. I, you know, like I just said, you can play him in cash, but this just looks like an absolute smash week for him. Indy ranks second in EPA per rush on their offensive line. They're starting to finally get their offensive line healthy. And we're seeing just his usage increase each week. Like his snap counts went from 51 to 52%, 65%, then 69%. So it's on the rise. He's running a ton of routes over the last three weeks as well, 43%, 61%, 60%. You love those trends. And it feels like he's still really underpriced on both sides, really. 7.2 on on DK and then 8.5 on FanDuel. So I think Jonathan Taylor finds the end zone this week. This is a great spot against Tennessee. And if you're stacking Ryan Tannehill, it makes a ton of sense just to bring it back with Jonathan Taylor.
0: I'll throw it out that Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman so far, two years together, same draft class. Pittman was actually drafted before him, if you remember, but they've actually had pretty negative correlation. So I probably won't be playing those two in the same lineup because I don't think that you can get a ceiling outcome the way that you want. But um, yeah, if you wanted to go Wince pity city and bring it back with Henry, I think that's going to be a, another safe way to do this game. There is going to be an ancillary piece. I, I mentioned this all the time that just sneaks their way in. So is it a Mo Ali Cox touchdown? Is it a Zach Pascal? Is, the, is it the FERC daddy? Does the FERC daddy change this? Is he a slate breaker? Oh,
1: never again. Never again for the FERC daddy, which means he's probably going to come out and score two one yard touchdowns in this game. Oh, man. What a disappointment. I feel like he was a guy I was really excited about in best ball season in like the 15th round. He's just done nothing. So he's fine if you want to, you know, do a double stack with Danny Hill. But outside of that, no thank you.
0: I mean, he went to Harvard. So he's smart. Those are the facts that everyone likes. Did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? Of course. Who doesn't? By the way, Did you know Chris Hogan had <laughs> no. the cross? No, no way. Yeah, I promise Dude, you. Dude, stop. Did you know Russell Wilson played baseball?
1: <laughs> kind of still does, doesn't he? Does he still do the spring training thing or no?
0: Hey, by the way, Kyler Murray was actually a Rule 5 draft pick. He's eligible right now. So if any team wants to pick him up in baseball, they can get Kyler Murray. All right, give me your Vegas pick right now.
1: This is tough. I've gone back and forth, but I'm going to take the Titans here plus one.
0: It's basically been a pick 'em, right? Like it's kind of been back and forth. We've I've seen it. In some lines is just a half a point to the to the Colts. So yeah, I'll take whoever's getting plus points, and if it's the the Titans uh, plus one, I'll do that. All right, next game is my favorite onslaught stack of the week. It is the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills this game. is a forty nine point total. Buffalo is fourteen point favorites, and I love this game because we know what Miami wants to do when they're trailing and it's just throw at the highest rate in the league. And we know Buffalo is kind of a pace up team. So we're basically saying, can the dolphins keep up with the bills? Like, do you think that there's enough there? Because in week two, they got blown out 35 to nothing in this matchup. So on the Dolphins side, we don't have to preview it too much, but like, can they at least stay within striking distance where they're pushing the bills and this game hits the over? I
1: don't know. And I don't think so. But like like let me just kind of paint the picture for why I think that way. And it's really because we've seen Tua have some success against some not great defenses recently. And, and granted to Tua, he's done his job, he's looked pretty good, but he's going on the road. It's at Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's defense is among the top in the league in almost every defensive category. And if he's still down, Will Fuller and Devontae Parker. There's a lot of spots where Tua could fail here, and as a result, his pass catchers don't get there, especially on FanDuel. So for me, this is a DraftKings-only stack if you're looking to bring it back with a Dolphin. And the reason is on FanDuel, because of it being half PPR scoring, you don't get rewarded for 100 receiving yards with the bonus. Uh, You have to score touchdowns to hit a ceiling performance on FanDuel, and I can't see that coming from Jalen Waddle or Mike Kosicki in this matchup. So I think on DraftKings, they're fine because they can rack up a ton of garbage time and, and, you know, passing volume that way but outside of that you know I'm kind of staying away uh, on FanDuel I do think though that on DraftKings it could work.
0: Jalen Waddle and Miles Gaskin have pretty negative correlation I know we've only seen what seven games between them but they get targets in the same area of the field so those are two players that if you're going to stack I would not want to put them together Uh, but I do like Waddle I like him at his price as a bring back I mentioned we mentioned Gasicki, but man, on the Buffalo side, there's just so much to like. And Stefan Diggs, I I want to play him in every lineup. He's cost prohibitive actually on DraftKings 8.1. And FanDuel, he's maybe the best play on the slate at 7.3. Miami plays man coverage more than any other team in the league. And this is courtesy of Hayden Winks. Shout out to Hayden Winks. He has a 51% target share against man coverage this year. 51 percent like he has just got a been a target hog so I don't really care who the cornerbacks are I don't care Byron Jones Xavier Howard it hasn't really mattered so Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen stacking those two together is expensive but I think it's worth it it could actually pay off this week and if you wanted to double stack if you wanted to do Josh Allen Stefan Diggs and either throw in Sanders or Beasley that's fine if you want to throw in your boy Sweeney Todd I think that's totally fine as well um <laughs>
1: tell people who that is <laughs>
0: Well, what's funny is we actually have a mailbag question about him later. Oh, we'll get to that. So we maybe we can go f- fully into who the mystery man Sweeney Todd is. But uh, any other thoughts about stacking this game? Like, what if the running backs are the ones that get it there and it ruins everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that one of those guys falls in the end zone, but it's not the most likely outcome. So when you're doing this, you're making a bet and saying, how often is it a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs week or Josh Allen and um Cole Beasley or Manny Sanders week and I think more often than not based off what this team's tendencies are it's going to be that way most of the time so I'm not going to play the running backs in this one certainly Miami's defense is beatable on the ground if they get out to a huge lead and you want to play that game script where Josh Allen doesn't get there because you know they're up 20 points and they just run the ball in the fourth quarter fine but that's not my approach this week personally
0: and Manny Sanders, we mentioned in cash as a viable option. He's getting the deep targets we like. Miami's giving it up deep. So, um, man, do you prefer one of those two? I mean, we have to factor in price between Diggs and Sanders if you're going to stack.
1: Yeah, it's Diggs all day, even at the elevated price tag. We just haven't seen a Stefan Diggs game forever. And this is the spot to do it. We talked about how bad Miami's secondary is. And if they're going to play man coverage against one of the top three route runners in the league... I mean, Diggs should win in this matchup all day. So I love Steph Diggs this week. I'm definitely playing him in a bunch of tournaments.
0: All right, give me your Vegas pick. This is
1: tough. I almost want to take the Dolphins by two touchdowns, but I just don't trust Tua to get it done. So I'll take Buffalo. I'll lay the points here.
0: I'll take the over. I feel more confident in that than 14 points is a lot. So I'm going to go with just over 49 uh, right now. All right, next game NFC South battle between the Bucks, who are six and one, at New Orleans Saints four and two. The Bucks are five and a half point road favorites, and this game has a forty nine and a half point total, which has been bet down. So, James Winston revenge game. Uh, Where do we go in this game? Because matchup wise, like this could be a defensive battle. And last year, if you go back and look at Tom Brady's splits against the Saints, it wasn't so great. They won in the playoffs, but dropped both of them the regular season got blown out in one of those games. Uh, part of me just wants to take the under and just get away from this game. Uh, we like Chris Godwin as a cash game play. We like Alvin Kamara, but is there a lot else to like in this game?
1: I mean, I'm never going to say bad things about Tom Brady, especially with how good he's been. Leads the league in passing. No signs of slowing down. And I think that we talk about this Saints defense as being one of the best in the league, but they've played the likes of Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, like they haven't played anyone outside of Aaron Rodgers in week one. And yes, they smashed in week one, but it's been a while. So Tom Brady's just been so good. This offense is throwing at an insane rate. Even when they were smashing the Bears last week, Tom Brady's still out there slinging it in the fourth quarter. So there's lots of touchdown upside here. And I know that the matchup looks tough on paper, but I do think Tom Brady stacks in, in tournaments especially are really intriguing. I like Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski this week as leverage off of Chris Goblin. Goblin is going to be 25 plus percent, probably somewhere around there. And last week, no one played Mike Evans, despite the fact that Antonio Brown was out and he caught three touchdowns. So love Mike Evans as leverage and then love Gronk. If you're correlating with Tom Brady.
0: Gronk is way too cheap on DraftKings. Like he's priced as someone who's been out for a month on FanDuel. He's 6.5 and it's kind of cost prohibitive. So, yeah, with Brady, you want to double stack because he doesn't really offer anything on the ground. So if it's Godwin, Gronk, or Evans, Gronk, Fournette, and Godwin, one of that combinations, fine. Kamara, obviously, is a great option because he is the offense. And if you think they're going to hit their team implied total of 22, I mean, <laughs> Kamara is responsible for, what, 80% of that? I do like Marquez Callaway. Like, I think that he's, like, his price is fine for me if this game hits the over at 54 in a tournament if you wanted to do that. Jameis is only 6K. So if Jameis is going to... We're going to get old Jameis of just slinging the rock against a pass defense that, you know, gives up a ton of yards. I'm fine in a GPP if you want to go Jameis, Kamara, Callaway, and then bring it back on somewhere else. But this is a game I will probably be taking the under. I can't. You're, you're saying no.
1: I just can't click the button <laughs> on Jameis Winston. Like, I mean, I know that he has looked... As far as real-life NFL way more you know serviceable as far as being a winning quarterback with Sean Payton but I feel like when you talk about this matchup is Sean Payton gonna let Jameis Winston actually try to keep up with Tom Brady it does feel like a game where they try to control the clock you know make it a lower scoring game so I'm with you I think this game could hit the under I'm not gonna go all in here but I think the most obvious play is you just stack Brady with a couple of his guys and then bring it back with Alvin Kamara uh i'm not with you on marcos callaway he's just been awful but if you want to take a shot in a large field gpp i think it's maybe viable
0: <laughs> dude he's on our big dog team and he's, he's done, done nothing in.
1: except for catching hail mary
0: <laughs> dude he had two touchdowns that one game he's actually dude he's keeping us afloat come on all right give me your vegas pick i'm taking the under
1: yeah i like the under as well i'm gonna take it, uh the bucks here just the quarterback mismatch with tom brady and james winston
0: All right, one more game. Let's go with the New England Patriots at Los Angeles Chargers, one of the favorites of this podcast. Chargers are six-point home favorites this game as a 49-point total. We love the Chargers because they rank number one in neutral situation pace, fourth highest pass rate, the second highest third down success rate. It's just everything we want in a team. We love Brandon Staley. You know, we love Keenan Allen. We love this team. I feel like there's going to go under rostered this week. Like, I feel like this is a game that people kind of don't really know what to do with. So Justin Herbert stacks, Mike Williams is going to come in super low because he's kind of expensive. Um, Austin Eckler's priced up. So the chargers side has a 27.5 team implied total. I think those points are there. So how would you attack this game?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I do think the chargers come in way under the radar, especially, everyone not named Keenan Allen and even Keenan Allen might not be that roster depending on how the field kind of feels about his recent performances. So I love Justin Herbert this week, as he talked about, they're throwing a ton out of this Patriots defense. I feel like on paper, or at least the idea around them is that they're really good. But last week they played your boy, Zach Wilson. And then Mike White before that, over the last two weeks, Dak Prescott and Davis Mills. Yes, Davis Mills combined for almost 750 passing guards in two games before last week. So this Patriots defense is beatable. I want to bet on talent and a great coaching staff and a team coming off a bye that I trust to put their quarterback in a position to succeed in this game at home. So I love Justin Herbert's stacks this week, and I think one of my favorite GPP plays is Mike Williams, who, you know, last time we saw him, he was really limited coming off the knee injury, goes into the bye week, gets healthy. He was a full participant in practice over the last couple of days. I think he's going to be good to go here, and I definitely want some exposure to this game. So he's really intriguing for his upside.
0: This is one of my favorite stacks on FanDuel where you can get Justin Herbert at 7.9. Mike Williams is cheaper on FanDuel at 7.6. And then if you want to run it back with Damian Harris, I think that's totally fine as well because the Chargers are a run funnel. Like they rank dead last in rush DVOA. Like in every rushing metric, they're pretty much bottom two or three. So they're willing to give that up because they're shutting it down over the top. So if you're going to stack in this game, I think it's the Chargers side, bring it back with Harris or maybe this is the week for Jacoby Myers. Like I'm not crazy about it. Hunter Henry revenge game. The Titans actually are another defense that gives it up to the tight end. So I don't mind that as well. Jared cook, I think is actually going to be a popular punt play at 3.4. I don't hate it, but uh, that's kind of where I'm at in this game where it's Herbert and then maybe pick two of his options or one of his options and run it back with Harris, or I'm totally okay. If you just don't like the Patriots side and you just want to say, I want Herbert and, Mike Williams and Eckler, or I want just Eckler. Um, I just think that you, one of those players, Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are going to be a solid play this week for a GPP. Um, I love Eckler's role. I love what he's doing. I love the opportunities. So uh, I think he's super solid, but uh, any other points on this game?
1: I was just going to ask one question to you in regards to Damien Harris, your boy, you played him in cash last week because of this news. Would you play him if Ramondre Stevenson is active?
0: I would maybe do it in a GPP, but he moves from like, I won't even think about it in cash to if I'm stacking this game, then I certainly will just for correlative you know, properties. But it, people are going to be onto him after a huge game this past week. I think he's going to be at least on people's radars, but he's getting the work. And like I said, we're, we're buying into a matchup for a team that actually wants to give it up on the ground. Like they're willing to do it. And they're basically going to say, Mac Jones, I don't think you can beat us. So uh, I think he's fine, but not like a not a smash play like he was last week. Yeah, um, mo- if- that's
1: one piece of news to monitor for Sunday morning because we don't know what old Bill's going to do with his running backs is if Ramondre is, is out again. I mean, Damian Harris and a GPP sounds really, really intriguing. Like you said, great matchup. We saw him get a ton of work last week. So just monitor that for this week because it's a healthy scratch. It's not an injury situation, so we don't know what they're going to do, but just monitor for right. Sunday morning.
0: No, that's a good point. Uh, I'll take the Chargers and the six points. I am with you. All right, let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. All right, so we are seven weeks in, and our good friend Matthew Betts is up at 18 wins. I'm at 12 wins. This Battle Royale is a chance for you to hear some picks that are kind of off the radar, maybe ones we haven't mentioned yet. Um, But give me a stacking quarterback that you would use in a tournament under 6K.
1: Yeah, we just talked about this game. I'm going to go with uh, my old quarterback that I used to root for is Carson Wentz, who quietly is playing really good football right now. And I talked about the matchup with Tennessee not being one that really scares you. I know what they did to Patrick Mahomes last week, but I think the Chiefs just did it to themselves, honestly. So I'll go with Carson Wentz here, a game that we love, 5.7K, too cheap.
0: Gonna go with Matt Ryan at home against the Panthers. Matchup's not great, but he's averaging 40 pass attempts per game. Kyle Pitts has decided to go full Super Saiyan, and I think this offense can can actually get on board. I actually don't mind Sam Darnold on the other side. If you're like really really sneaky, I know he's been bad, um, but Falcons pass defense isn't good either. But I'll go with Matt Ryan at home. Give me a cash game running back that's not named Derrick Henry. Alvin Kamara and I'm going to say not Darrell Henderson because I think he's been our cash game guy for like three weeks in a row
1: yes give me Joe Mixon against the team that's giving up the most fantasy points to running backs and that is the Jets I will take Joe Mixon here 6.9k on DraftKings
0: give me Austin Eckler at 7.9k he's seeing 17.5 opportunities per game 1.2 fantasy points per touch so If you know you're going to get those type of opportunities, he looks like a guy with a super safe floor in a game that you and I both really like. So Austin Eckler at 7.9. Who's a cheap wide receiver? Somebody under 5K this week that you're willing to roll with.
1: There are not a lot of awesome options, uh, i.e. Jamal Agnew, but he is not my answer for this segment. Uh, I'm going to go with Cole Beasley, and it's just because I trust Josh Allen to get it done. I know we mentioned that they play a lot of man coverage, the Dolphins do, and typically Cole Beasley has been much better when facing a zone defense because he can kind of work the underneath routes and, and work that part of the field. But still in a, a team that's going to score that much and throw that much, I'll throw out Cole Beasley's name here. He's 4.9K on DraftKings. I'm
0: going to go with Jerry Judy. You remember him? Oh, I've heard yes, of him. Yes, he's coming back. He's only four point four point nine. There are concerns that he's going to be eased back in, but he's been off enough where I think they're not just going to throw him in and just give him like 20% of the snaps. So... His price is also cheap enough, and I think you could do okay with him in a tournament. I don't think he's like an elite play, but I'm excited to have Jerry Judy back because I think we need more options like that. Tim Patrick wasn't really uh, doing it for me. All right, give me a mid-tier tight end this week that's between four and 5K. So can't be Mike Yosicki, can't be the postman. We're not going to punt that low. Who else do you like?
1: Dude, I love Tyler Higby this week. Absolutely love him. He is a guy who you guys know I talk about this all the time, those guys that are so close to scoring a touchdown and just have their happiness and joy ripped away from them. He's tackled inside the five-yard line twice in the last two weeks, but he's got five receptions in back-to-back games. He is tied for second in the National Football League in targets inside the red zone. Yes, Tyler Higby. So when they get down close, they're what? using him there. Tied with Mike Evans for those targets. So the touchdowns haven't come. This week it will against Houston.
0: I'm going to go with Noah Fart. Yes. Noah Fant. Uh, I think his role in the offense, his yak ability, just the way that he can do after the catch. I think there's something there. He's actually pretty cheap for what he can do, especially on FanDuel. He's only 5.8. He's 4.9 on DK. So I think Noah Fant's a player that you could do worse. Um, He's volatile, but I think you're in a really good spot against the secondary. That's allowing the most passing yards in the game in the highest expected points per pass attempt so washington defense secondary wise is bad you know
1: what's really interesting bad. you're taking uh huh. two of teddy bridgewater's pass catchers that's a bold move my friend
0: dude i've thought about him being a stack this week no like i've, I've i almost <laughs> put <him> even. <laughs> no, no 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 i'm gonna do it oh i'm gonna gosh. spend some money on teddy bridgewater last year we did and how did it turn out for us
1: uh i don't remember it being awesome i think it was okay though
0: not, did I put a wager on him winning MVP at like 10,000 to 1? <laughs> There's think a I rule did. when
1: it's that, when it's 10,000 to 1 odds, you have to do it. That's a law. Yeah,
0: that's the that's the Kevin Malone rule. All right, last thing. Give me a sneaky DST under 3K.
1: Yeah, all throughout uh, your Falcons, dude, they are taking on Sam Darnold, who, let's be honest, has played awful in the last month of the season, got off to a hot start. He's kind of come back to his old ways here, turning the ball over a ton, taking sacks. So, I don't love the Falcons defense. It's more of a bet against Sam Darnold here, but they're 2.9 K on DraftKings.
0: I, I didn't mean to do this, but I'm going to take your Eagles who play the Lions, who worst team in the league. I think you could do worse than the Eagles. And Jared Goff is not a good NFL quarterback. So uh, that's my sneaky DST. But let's, before we close, let's go through a couple of mailbag questions.
1: Mailbag.
0: You can send your questions to us at Kyle underscore Borg at the fantasy BT. but the best way for us to actually answer questions and for people to critique line, it is in our discord channel. So if you want to be a part of that, go to jointhefoot.com. First question is from depressed dolphin fan. All right. You know, what's depressing about the dolphins though. What is I think that don't you guys get their pick?
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
0: Like, Right now, I think it's the second overall pick.
1: Yeah, and if Carson Wentz keeps playing more than 75% of the snaps, we get a first-round pick from Indy, so things are looking
0: good. Things are looking good for the Eagles, even if Nick Sirianni not a good coach and even if Jalen Hurts won't be their quarterback. But back to the depressed Dolphins fan who's anxiously awaiting our question. Is Tommy Sweeney, is he a punt tight end? It's a great offense, and he has a great name.
1: I cannot argue with either of those two points. Great offense, great name. I'm not playing Tommy Sweeney this week. He is more of a blocking type of tight end, and I don't think it's a one-to-one ratio of, oh, Dawson Knox might be out, so just play Tommy Sweeney sort of thing. If you hope for a one-yard touchdown reception, you know, that's fine if you want to throw him in as a huge field tournament type of GPP play, but I am not punting it off with him this week.
0: Tommy Sweeney went to Boston College, so I feel like he could be your boy. Like up there in the north, but I don't know anything about him. Okay, so I like other than him being on the roster. Like I knew that three or four weeks ago. It's not somebody that you want to like bank on as saying this is going to happen. Now it totally could, but all he did was catch a touchdown last week. He didn't do really do anything else. So Tommy Sweeney Todd is not. He's not. He's not Dan Arnold.
1: No, no one's Dan Arnold, dude. Best tight end in the league.
0: On the footballers, we talk about Dan Arnold way too much that I think people think he's like a thing i feel like he's only a thing in our world
1: he's only a thing for fantasy football and and really for dfs where we want him to catch three balls for 30 yards that's all we need from dan
0: Arnold. yeah don't give us any more man we just want you to 2x yep. on your salary that's all we need uh next one's from daniel montez on twitter he asks when should we be playing skinny and regular stacks in gpp or cash and by skinny stacks i think what he's saying or at least this is a term we use sometimes is just a skinny stack is saying I'm playing my quarterback with one pass catcher. So I'm playing Jalen Hurts with Dallas Goddard. And a lot of times I refer to skinny stacks as players, quarterbacks that can also rush in the ball. So you don't really need to double stack them or, you know, you don't have to do a full game stack sometimes because Jalen Hurts soaks up so much of the fantasy production also on the ground. So glad we could clarify that, but when do you personally want to play like double stacking or like where you're putting two pass catchers or in cash, are you someone that says, Hey, I'm playing Josh Allen and Emmanuel Sanders this week. I have to have a dolphin in my lineup too.
1: Yeah. in cash, I do not try to purposefully stack if it happens naturally because there's great plays on the slate and it fits pricing wise, I'll do it. But in tournaments, I am looking to stack and it's because we want to try to maximize correlation When a wide receiver goes off, he brings his quarterback with him and those sort of things. So in terms of double stacking, I'm more looking to do that when it's a pure pocket passer. You know, Tom Brady is the perfect example that comes to mind when he hits his ceiling performance. He's throwing three touchdowns and he's spreading those out usually to multiple guys. Whereas you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, as you said, when he is having his 25 DraftKings points performances, he's maybe throwing for one touchdown and running in two. And when that happens, if you try to double stack to get all this passing volume, it's not that much passing volume. So it's actually a negative move, in my opinion, to double stack a guy like that. Whereas with Tom Brady and these other pocket passers, you do want to double
0: stack. For sure. In cash, I genuinely, uh, genuinely, I'm genuine about it. And generally speaking, (laughs) I do stack. So usually I will play whoever my quarterback is with the pass catcher. Last week it was Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams because I want to have a little bit of upside in my lineup. Like I, like I'm going for a high medium projection, but I want to bake in a little bit of upside. Um, There was a week where I played Josh Allen and Emmanuel Sanders and Sanders went off for two touchdowns. I want to say Allen had 36 points. So that gave me so much upside. I think I had 194 that week in my cash lineup. I'm only saying that because it hasn't gotten close to that again, but you want to give yourself a little upside in cash in GPP. You pretty much have to stack in order to truly get there unless you have an outlier rushing performance. But double stacking hasn't hit as much as you would think this year. Last year it was actually pretty popular. Uh, People weren't doing it enough. I think that's going to change the second half. So in GPPs, I like double stacking because I want to differentiate myself. But the game has to hit the over. If the game doesn't hit the over, who cares about double stacking? But last week, let's say you had Brady... And you had Evans and Godwin like you were just not many lineups had both of those receivers who went off. And I think that was a key part of it. So other, any last.
1: Yeah. The other thing too, just to stacks? consider is the size of the field that you're playing in. So I play in these smaller field GPPs, which in those types of situations, you don't have to be perfect. Like think about it as like sports betting. If you do any sports betting, you're trying to hit these like huge parlays. To win the Millie Maker, you have to have every person in your lineup just have a monster monster performance. So talking about the Bucks as an example, if I play Tom Brady in that scenario, I might only single stack him with Mike Evans and hope that he has a three touchdown game and no one else scores a touchdown, because that just has the huge ceiling effect. Whereas like when you play in these smaller fields, you're trying to minimize the number of things that you have to get correct. To, to reach the top of the leaderboard so stacking is different in that aspect than it is in large field like thousands and thousands of people so you know in that sort of scenario you want to try to maximize as much upside as you can and try to have every player hit a ceiling performance and sometimes these guys can take away from each other so i think it, it depends on the size of the field that you're playing which for me in these small fields i am trying to double stack for sure
0: that's a good point. We have articles on the website about stacking. We've done some summer episodes. If you want to go back and search on the site, you can go to DFS 101 is one of the article uh, spots that you can find a bunch of information about stacking as well. Next one from at Joey Cromback, what type of news should I push a lineup pivot in cash? Like what, what news out there? If a starter is out, is the backup running back an auto start in cash? Seems to be that news shifts decisions and picks from the Friday episode to Sunday. What do you think?
1: Yes, this is a great question because there's not a lot that changes for me. And I say that because of the fact that, you know, we talked about this as far as process and kind of getting to Sunday and having a really good feel for your lineups. And then when you look at kind of these little news blurbs that come out on Twitter, if you're on there or or things like that, that can really, I think, in a negative way, change the way that you're looking at your lineups. What I'm mostly focusing on is active and inactive players. Around injury or healthy scratches. So of course when players are rolled out because of injury, you know, these last couple of weeks, one great example is Devontae Parker. People looked like he was gonna you know come back and then all of a sudden it was just Mike Kosicki and Jalen Waddell and they became great plays last week. Same thing with Ramondre Stevenson being a healthy scratch. If he's active, he takes away a little bit of the ceiling from Damien Harris, but surprise, surprise, Bill just rules him out for no real reason other than a healthy scratch, and it, it makes Damien Harris a much better play. So Really, for me, it's just active inactives. Outside of that, I'm trying to, I guess, stay away from catchy headlines or or things like that.
0: We have the DFS pass alerts. So on Sunday, when those inactives come out, like, you know, around 1130 Eastern time, we send out an email that has the full list of inactives for the morning part of the slate. Now, once again, it's, we don't know all of those later games, like the four o'clock games. I can't get that information out fast enough because we won't find that out. Last week, we knew Darren Waller was not a, you know, not expected to play, but we didn't have that final information. So you and I kind of said like, all right, well maybe, you know, you're going to be off Darren Waller. You can look somewhere else. And then we knew Foster Moreau could be, could be a part of that. But from, yeah, from Friday to Sunday, stuff does change. On Saturday, we put out our best plays article where we said like, here's what we feel most comfortable about. And then you usually will be somebody who will share information on Twitter. And we send out that email to all the DFS past subscribers saying who's in, who's out, whatnot. But yeah, a lot can change, but I would say not as much as we think that causes us to say, I have to, like Damien Harris was a great play last week, but I don't think I had to play him. I would have been totally fine if I would have gone in a different direction. Um, he just went up my board just a little bit. So next question this is from our discord channel from mini Dogie. It's a good question. Would sportsbook gambling open up in more places? Some have said that fantasy could take a back seat. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think DFS is going away anytime soon? Do you think you're going to be out of a job, Bets, I
1: hope not. Uh, This is a great question. I, I threw these couple in here because they're a little bit more like about just the, I guess, ideas behind DFS and fantasy, which we don't talk about a lot. And this is one that I thought about throughout the morning. And I think what I've come to is that I think the two can work together really well. Uh, DFS is something that is still on the rise. You you think about who was playing DFS five years ago. It was only a small group of people, but since then it has exploded. We've got different types of sites popping up all over the place and different companies and brands producing DFS content that never used to. So it's way more popular than it ever has been. I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And I do think these companies have been pretty smart about trying to create their own sports book to kind of push gamblers and DFS players to the other side and kind of have them always putting money into their account for their company, the FanDuel Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, who we love, um, those sort of things. So I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Fantasy is here to stay for for quite a while.
0: Yes, a couple of points for me is we don't have to create a dichotomy like they're against each other, especially on DraftKings. Like, yes, they're a hashtag sponsor, but... My account is in the same exact spot. Like those things can actually just be in the same spot of the sports book. And for me playing DraftKings, the way that we talk about it with DFS. So it's all in the same spot. That's helpful. Um, the NFL season is going to keep going. Like next year, we're going to have a season. And I think with more states open up in general, you're just going to have more and more interest. Like this is the first year in Arizona. We've talked about it that Andy, Mike and Jason can play before they'd have to get on a plane you know, and, and, and sit at the airport and play for a while. Jason actually did that a couple of years did really? uh, where, <laughs> well, he just, he was texting me about lineup stuff and he's like, I'm at the airport. Um, so yes, you're going to have more and more people that get exposure to it and that get to be a part of it. But yeah, it's, it's not as in many States as you think. Um, and it's going to keep opening up over and over time. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be an exciting thing because it's also gonna be a little bit more normal the way that we talk about, you know, sportsbook gambling. For me, it's an easy thing just to say, like, what do I think about the Falcons season? And you and I talked about our projections. Like it just it's more of for me, even just like a, a math and a statistics based thing where I get to go, I like this team, and I think I can put a wager on. I think the book's inefficient. So um that's how I justified in my head too. But any last thoughts on uh, sportsbook stuff? No, oh, I think we I know you're it. passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I I love especially player props. Um that's super fun because that's what we do in fantasy. That's that's what we do as fantasy players is we identify who's in a good matchup, who looks like they're going to smash this week. That might be an over bet. We look at players that might be a fade or in a really difficult matchup. So prop betting is fantasy football when you when you talk about it. Of course there's some nuance to it, but really that's my passion. I love that stuff. I b- bet props all the time for NBA, NFL, sometimes MLB pitchers like I'm just a complete <laughs> D honestly but it is a lot of fun especially for NFL
0: player props should I tell them about my ROI with my NHL DF DFS <laughs> 100% 100% I played one NHL lineup this year and I cash people so uh, <laughs> maybe I need to move on maybe this is my new thing last question uh, this is from one love 9100. Zero, zero. How do you keep the mental fatigue at bay? What are your go to strategies for forgiving the mistakes and taking each week as a new slate? So, what do you do, Betts, other than screaming into a pillow?
1: <laughs> That's after I throw my phone, of course. Um, no, this is a great question because it's a long season. Like it flies by, but at the same time, it's a long season. And as we talk about every year at the start of the season, we tell people, like, listen, you're not going to win every week. That's just not how it works. So, I think having that understanding really is crucial to being a successful dfs player in the long term because as i said if you think that you're going to win every week and you think you're just going to print money left and right unfortunately that's not how it works and i think that having a realistic outlook will help keep the mental fatigue at bay but as far as like what we do day to day like i am just like always in football content all the time so i try to take my mondays and just not do anything for football as best i can of course i'm looking at injuries for the article i put out and and that sort of stuff But you have to have those things that you like to do outside of football, in my opinion, to keep your mental health and to kind of keep your, um, you know, like you said, uh, like when you have those down weeks, try to come back from it. So I try to take Mondays away from football if I can and just kind of uh, unwind a little bit.
0: I don't think it's healthy if you find yourself in the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, mindset because you can do that all day. You can do that in redraft. Like it's not even a DFS thing. It's in redraft. Oh, I should have played this guy. I knew I should have. You didn't. And that's okay. Like just, just be able to deal with the fact that you didn't put this person in your lineup. You can't change that. And that's okay. So instead of bargaining the entire time of what you could and and couldn't have done and, oh, I I really would have gotten this right. uh, Betts and I did a couple of episodes over the summer about forecasting and things that are just helpful to understand Um, we need to be open to the fact that we could actually just be just as much right and wrong sometimes in DFS. I think one of the best plays to sharpen this was over the summer, you and I talked about some strategies of carrying a long-term mindset and being able to turn the next week and see like, what can I get excited about this next week? I think sometimes people, they lost in in cash that week. So then they're like, all right, well, I got to make up for it Sunday night and they haven't prepared at all for the Sunday night showdown. Then they do the same thing Monday night. And then by, you know, you've had three losses in a row and you're like, I need, I'm done with DFS. Start slow, like start really, really slow and figure out a way that you can just be cash viable over a long period of time. And then you can figure out like, what are the small field GPPs that, that would be my go-to strategy. You might be playing the type of tournaments that have really, really low EV. Like, you know, if you're throwing in the millimaker, maker, If you're doing uh, ones like the play action, which I max enter every week, um, it's only 20 entries, but like that's not the best one because it's such a large field thing. If you find yourself continually losing money in those, go to the small fields, um, go to some head to heads if you need to, and uh, you can actually get yourself some wins and it's a lot more fun. But if you go to ballersdfs.com, you can get directed to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS borg plus bets and enter into our week eight contests and this week we're going to be throwing out some battle the bets contests that you are going to get to battle out hey now. against some people uh, so i hope you guys will join us in there um lots of fun love seeing those contests fill up and uh i love being a part of that but uh, bets why don't you sign out for us
1: i would love to great week great show this is gonna be a great weekend of football i'm very excited man uh, come check us out, ballersdfs.com. Play, come play with us. Come take Kyle's money, please. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at
0: www.thefantasyfootballers.com.